This is exactly right. Uh, Scott, are you ready? Kurt, I'm ready, bud. Here it is. Okay. William Shatner gets to keep, quote, <laughs> all the horse semen. <laughs> okay. I'll bite. That's bananas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the, the the dumbest little strange news podcast out there, Bananas. That's it. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I'm Scotty Landis. Oh, gosh. I cannot wait for that story, but I will wait because today we have a very wonderful guest we need to introduce. She is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I have known her for many, many years. Uh, she is the host of Allison Rosen is Your New Best Friend and Childish and has a new book out called okay. Tropical Attire Encouraged and Other Phrases That Scare Me. Please welcome to the show, Allison Rosen. Thank okay. you so much for having me. It is very exciting to be here. Full disclosure, my book is not, uh, it's, I mean, if you consider new, like coming out this mm-hmm. year or last year, then it's not. But if you consider it coming out right before those things I just said, then yes, it is brand, brand new. I consider that it is brand new. new. Yeah, time is an you. illusion now. So that, that book is hot off the presses. I yeah, would when say. you read it, you're like, did she write this yesterday? This is this couldn't be more fresh, <laughs> regardless of when you read it. Everyone who I know who has gotten into writing a book is midway through shocked and overwhelmed at how much work it was. Were you? Did you have that kind of like midway breaking point? So um, it was based on a syndicated column that I had, and it was a collection mm-hmm. of columns. So really, I'm kind of a big fat cheater. Nice. It was somewhat already written. However, I did need to go back and do... I was surprised at, at given the fact that it was essentially already written, even though, like I said, so, so fresh. Um, I was shocked at how much work there still was to do. Yeah. So, yeah, of course. It well, seems hard. Yeah. Well, of are you course. Guys, are you guys authors? Because I only talk to authors. <laughs> we're, no, we're not at all. writers. We're Not just lowly, authors. crappy TV and movie writers. We suck. <laughs> but uh, I actually am like terrified that one day somebody will be like, that should be a book. And then I'll just have a panic attack and be like, okay, I'll just start typing and but hope that's some the thing. editor like, can fix it. Scotty bangs out screenplays in like a day and a half. It's amazing. He is a machine. So he could write a book probably in two days. I would just up and die. See, uh, that I find very daunting. The idea of sitting down. I just... I've always written in prose or tweet format. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> scripts are just very Love challenging tweet. for me. Uh, yeah. They're actually like, the thing about sc- scripts are really easy if you just accept the formula of it all. Like, I was never good at math or anything like that in my life. I was always terrible at it. And then when I went to college, I took logic and I just had to take a math requirement. And I I truly was terrible at almost everything. And then logic sort of made sense. And then when I got to, I'm a self-taught writer, screenwriter, and I would sit down and be like, oh, so I just kind of follow this, but then I put the puzzle together in my own way. Mm-hmm. I know that it's, it seems like it steals like the the art or whatever, but it's like it's like 
getting yourself excited about doing the same thing that people have already done in your own voice is kind of the thing. So where some people find it uh, limiting, I actually find it really like exciting. Mm-hmm. Liberating. Yeah, in a weird way. I don't it's strange. And what is logic? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm it's, I'm familiar with the notion. I've heard the word tossed around, but I mean in a class, like what what did you guys focus on? Oh gosh, it was so it was just repeating the formula. Like, even the test would be like A yields B and it's basically like ABC, ABC, ABC. And I did I was the first time in my life I ever sat down and did homework too in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had always been one of those people that like in my homeroom I would do the first period's homework and then in first period I would do second period's homework. So my whole day as I would be listening to what the teacher was saying but doing the homework for the next class and logic to symbolic logic was sitting down and going like okay i'm actually gonna try to understand what i'm doing because this is caught i'm gonna be paying off these student loans for the next 15 years so um i also i also took logic in college and it's the only class i ever failed baby oh wow i was so bad at logic um but you know what's the best logical statement is william shatner gets to keep all the horse semen of course he does. Let's hear about it. This is why actually he? why wouldn't he? <laughs> I love the I just I the really this is one of those banana stories that is though this was by the way sent in to us uh by uh Koi Haste at Koi Haste. Um or mm. it's copy haste and I wrote it wrong. And this Either is way, from, we love it. uh I love this website, radio.com. <laughs> just, oh, that's General. where I go for all my horse semen <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> And this was, of course, written by The Morning Beat. We are Channel Q. Uh, of course. Great. Love Obviously. his writing. Um, so William Shatner's divorce settlement has finally been reached. Shatner was married to Elizabeth Martin for 18 years, and now they're splitting up more than just their houses. They're splitting up their horses, too, and the actor gets to keep, quote, all the horse semen that oh, was man. written into it. And at first, it seems so absurd. But as we know, that is the, that is the currency, that is the liquid currency of racehorses, <laughs> is their fucking... Yeah. A semen. Uh, so it again, it's so weird. Like I know horse people love horses, and I'm not. Yeah. I'm gonna get shit all about this, but this whole idea of like animals as investment, like, kind of freaks me out a little bit. You know, because like that's what like those ho- racing race horses are is like an, a money investment into this animal who's gonna come great for a while. <laughs> Yeah, when horses go out to stud, it's millions of dollars. Like once you're a Kentucky Derby winner, it's it is crazy that it's just like congratulations. Now you just go out and hump as many rich people's horses as you can, and we hope the next one. It's funny too because they always combine the horse's name. Like it'll be like oh, I don't know. Is that why horse names are so crazy? Because they're just oh. being combined sometimes. from lunatic names that they started with. Yes, sometimes it's the horse names are like legacy horses and it's the combination of like the father and the mother on like or whatever down the line. It's sometimes and that makes it more valuable in a way. It's like the Brangelina, but they're not actually smushing the names together. Yes, they're just like, this is Biscuit Dingo. So here's a couple things. (laughs) Great. A couple things. At first, I was 
I was wondering, okay, so you have this, this investment of this like very large virile animal and you're going to be mm-hmm. paid lots of dollars to have your horse. You use bad words, right? Yep. Fuck Use whatever horses. you want. Okay, Hell yeah. You're going to have your horse do a lot of fucking. And like yeah. what if the lady horse is not into it? How Thank does you. that work? But I also don't really want to know how it works, but I'm sure that there's like a lot of stuff on the internet, on certain sites yeah. where I could go look about how it works. Yes. But if he gets to keep all the horse semen, what that means to me is probably this is like, these are spermsicles. This is frozen horse semen and they're doing like horse in vitro or like either horse in vitro or artificial insemination, right? Here, it's a great question, Allison. It could be that he owns all future ejaculations of all oh, the horses. Oh my it- gosh. That's like <laughs> the dream of intellectual property law. Yes, it really is. <laughs> like, like every time like sperm goes to an egg, there's like a tiny little TM attached to it. I love the idea of like a horse jerking off in its stall and then he comes and all of a sudden William Shatner pops up. <laughs> it's mine! <laughs> <laughs> I also love the idea of Shatner probably has kids, I'm guessing, and one day when he passes away that they're gonna <laughs> inherit that and then they're gonna be like sitting on their back porch one day and like the yacht will be there and they'll be like, see that yacht? Dad's horse semen bought that yacht for us. <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah, he was... <laughs> He was a great, weird old guy. It would be beautiful if after all of this, it turns out that they're not even racehorses and Shatner's just into horse semen. <laughs> that they're, right. There's nothing like, to be sold. The application, we're just assuming he's using it right. for what, and I'm sure you learned about this in logic, the logical application <laughs> of horse semen oh, is yeah. more like racehorses but what if he's doing what if he's using it in soufflés what if he's using it in face cream who knows or that he's hanging wallpaper with it yeah you never know it was shatner that guy's an innovator he's the new steve jobs oh man scotty give me another one okay i got one uh this one was sent in by Anne marie serrano on instagram the headline reads as follows woman realizes she accidentally stole a car two weeks later um, this was written by Alexis Carey. I know, it's so good. Uh, uh, news.com.australia. So a Canadian woman stole, quote, stole a complete stranger's car following an almost unbelievable parking screw-up. In June, the unnamed woman rented a black Nissan Sentra. Uh, this all takes place in Cornwall, Ontario. Never been. Gotta go. Home of um, the black Nissan. Thank you. <laughs> Nobody's saying it. Uh, immediately afterwards, she drove to Walmart and shopped before finding what she thought was her car in the parking lot. I should also say, I should preface this by, like, at first this feels innocent, but then this unnamed woman kind of gets, like, she, she gets kind of shitty later on. We'll okay. get to it. Okay. So uh, the woman gets into an unlocked car. Uh, she presses the key to the start button, drives off, oblivious to the fact that it was a completely different vehicle than her own <laughs> rental. Uh, I guess keyless cars can be operated as long as the key fob is located inside the car. Guys, don't leave your key fobs inside your car when you go into Walmart. This feels so Canadian. I, I can't believe this would happen in the States. Probably does. Not long afterwards, a black Nissan Infiniti, which had been parked in the same lot, was reported as stolen to the police. The car's owner had also been shopping in the same Walmart, realizing his vehicle had vanished. So, the Cornwall Community Police were uh, explained that for two weeks... 
This woman drove around and used the black car for her regular everyday activities and only realized something was wrong after returning it to the rental company to return the car. The woman spoke to the manager and commented <laughs> how unkept the inside of the vehicle was and the fact that there was a set of golf clubs in the back seat as well. So so this can happen. Uh, the woman was not impressed and handed over the keys. The manager, now slightly confused, said the keys belonged to an infinity and the vehicle was not rented by this company. Wait, so did it, you say she said she was not impressed? She was not impressed. She thought the car was dirty, and she did not like that there were golf clubs in it. <laughs> I love it that she just rented a car and then looked back one day and was like, I never noticed they put golf clubs in the back of this car. That's Yes. A classic me. I'm always a little tuned out. I've done it again. No shit, she's a little tuned out. It's not even the right car. <laughs> so she's just been driving around a different type of car. Like, it was one an Infinity and different one was car. something else? Yeah, it was it a Nissan car. and an Infinity. Two different cars. The only similarity was same parking lot, black car, because the manager proceeded to ask her where she was after leaving the rental car two weeks ago. The woman tells her what, uh, where she went and everything. So the, the manager of this rental company, which is so funny that this guy like went along with this, or this woman, sorry. Maybe, maybe it's a woman. Maybe, it could be anybody. The manager proceeds to go, and uh, they find her rental car still in the parking lot, <laughs> it just sitting there for two weeks. Uh, and then they check with the police. The police had already filed the report. Um. Yeah, and I'll, the police just say, "Hey, don't leave your key fobs in your car." But yeah, she so just drove somebody else's car around for two weeks. I um, I actually feel like I could accidentally do something like this because I <laughs> yes. can be that not observant. My husband and I went skiing once, and I feel like maybe it's not, but to me, skiing is like kind of like a lottie da kind of thing. And I just want to say, we're not really lottie da people. We were that weekend. We went skiing. We both yes. rented skis. We like, and I don't, <laughs> we put them in the little ski stand where you put them yeah. when you're going to put your non ski, your shoes. They call them shoes back on and did something and then came back. <laughs> and then we both grabbed our skis and I put mine on. Um, and I was like, they fit different than I remember. That's weird. Um, and then I like went about my business. Meanwhile, and my husband was supposed to meet me on the mountain or something. And meanwhile, he never did because he couldn't find his skis. Someone had taken them. Long story short, I had taken them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so when I was like, these seem different than I remember, they were. They were his. <laughs> I could see that. That probably happens every single day at every big ski resort. I could see that happening so easily. And there, yeah. were, re there were rentals, right? So they're like, they're the same type of ski. And, yes, but they yeah. were a different size and like a <laughs> slight, you know, the like I really had to... Like the binding didn't quite fit. I mean, <clears throat> I had to allow a lot of things that were confusing to go into my brain and just be like, whatever, golf clubs, whatever, this car, the seats like in the wrong spot, whatever. Um, Scotty, yes, you, and I actually made note of this. You said this feels very Canadian, and I'm wondering why. Um, I said that about the leaving the fob in the car and going shopping. Oh, oh, oh! The yeah, that there's a that their worldview is maybe more like, hey, somebody's not going to instantly steal my car as soon as I leave it. And I like that it was and somebody who was just traveling. They weren't from Canada. <laughs> And also that the manager went to the Walmart with the renter and was like, hey, 
Here's your car. This is the one we rented you. It's got the weird Enterprise sticker on the back. I don't know if it's Enterprise. Right. I do actually have a story that the reason I like this story so much is it reminds me of this other story. So when I used to live in Brooklyn, and I was a waiter at a Two Boots in Park Slope. And I worked with this woman named Emily who was from suburban Wisconsin. And she told me this story that is one of my faves. So she, uh, you know, <clears throat> small idyllic town a very Wisconsin-y town, and they had these neighbors, and the whole family was out one night, and when they were driving home, the dad was driving, uh, a bunch of deer run across the road, and they struck and killed a mother deer. There was a little baby deer, little spots and everything, and the family, the kids are crying in the back seat. This is Emily's friends, not Emily. Uh, and they adopt this deer. So in the, everybody in the town knew it, and forever they had a pet deer. They they let it in the house. The deer would be in the backyard. It would come into the house like a dog. There's photos with this deer, and it was a big doe. And um, one day, one of her neighbors, who was a German immigrant named Hilda, is is power walking down the street. Emily at this point is in college. She she hears this from the family. And she sees a doe in the front yard, and this power-walking German woman walks up to the deer and uh, slowly approaches it and grabs it around the neck and then drags it up to the front door of the house and rings the doorbell and says, like, uh, the door opens, and she's like, hey, your deer got out. And the woman goes, Hilda, our deer died three months ago. (laughs) (laughs) So this German power walker just put a random natural wild deer in a headlock and then (laughs) drags it kicking up to the house. And, I mean, I didn't even know that was possible, but, yeah. That is she, uh, she caught the wrong deer. Amazing. Also, my grandmother's name was Hilda. My grandmother was a German immigrant, and she would totally fucking do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Right up to it. It's one of my favorite stories because you can just see it happening where it's like, oh, the deer got out and just walks up to it. And, and how strong do you have to be to hold a wild? Like, have you ever tried to hold a cat that doesn't want to be held? <laughs> it goes ballistic on you. It sounds like the doe had a good relationship with them, but I wonder how it would have gone down if the doe had known that they murdered that <laughs> doe's mom. You never know. You never know. You got to keep that kind of thing secret. Oh my I thought God. this was heading towards, even though it didn't make sense, I still thought it was heading towards like the German lady broke the news to the doe. Oh, yeah. She was <laughs> she a deer whisperer. They're like, you're staying with a family of murderers. <laughs> right. Did you ever wonder why you didn't have a mommy? That's like a horror movie for a deer, aside from Bambi, which is also a horror movie for a deer. <laughs> it really so, is. My God, a lot of dead mom deers out there. Mm. Come on, America. Uh, I once uh, had a deer jump over me. I was in Griffith Park walking, and oh, a yeah? dog was chasing with dog they were like uh, a dog was chasing a deer like a big buck with a big rack was chasing a deer from a trail above us and you know how like it's really steep at those certain ports where it's like the trail is cut into the wall and you he just comes crashing through the woods and then just hit like jumps off like a a ridge that's maybe like three feet above my head and jumps all the way over me and then nice. down onto the other slope, like just over the whole trail. And those trails are as like wide as a truck. And then this dog fucking comes crashing through after it. It was the most terrible. Like it was just like do, 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 do to immediately shit my pants. <laughs> How close did it get to you? Would you say 
it was probably like it wasn't directly over my head. It was mm-hmm. maybe like five feet in front of me, but it was you know Still. probably Free five Willy. feet in front of me and and three feet over my head. It was great. Yeah. That's cool though. They're very Don't you bad. wish you were wearing that GoPro helmet that I bought you? Don't you wish you had it all fully documented? That would be a killer. I mean, this is something Scotty says to me all the time. Why aren't you wearing the GoPro helmet I bought you? But why aren't you? Thank yeah, you, that's Allison. That's a good question. That's a good question. Kurt, guys- let's take a break and come back with more bananas crap. You want to give us a teaser? Yeah, I'll give you a teaser. Teenagers Hell are dressing yeah. up as mask-wearing grandmas <laughs> to try and score alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are back. Uh, guys, first off, thank you so much to everybody who's going to uh, uh, talk to us on Instagram and send us stories yep. at the Bananas Podcast on Instagram. Uh, also, please go rate, review us. We're still mm. new. And here's the newest thing is like, just tell people about the podcast because we're still sure. a brand new baby podcast. Tell people if you like the show, get them listening. Absolutely. So here's what we're talking about. Teenagers are dressing up. I feel like this just came out today. So I feel like by the time this is released, everybody's going to know this story, but it's just too good. Teenager, teenagers are dressing up as mask wearing grandmas <laughs> to try and score alcohol. <laughs> and of course, this comes from... <clears throat> The place where all cool teenager things comes from. It comes from TikTok. TikTok. I was gonna. I was gonna download it. I have not downloaded TikTok. Are either of you? Do either of you have TikTok and are on TikTok? I was on TikTok for a few weeks. Um, a lot of people I know who are full fledged adults of a certain age. Okay. Have been like it's so crazy. I get like I watch it for two hours before I go to sleep. It's addictive. It's so blah 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 blah. So finally, <clears throat> they convinced me to to join it, and I yeah. had you know a handful of followers, even though I had not posted. That's bragging. I had a handful of followers, even though I hadn't posted anything. <laughs> I really didn't. En- I really didn't enjoy looking at it that much. And then my husband told me there's like a lot of security concerns with it, so I deleted oh, I it. I see. Oh, but I feel like I mean. It's very believable that there's a lot of security concerns with it, and it's also very believable that people would say that because they hate it. So I don't know. Yeah, I was listening to this amazing podcast that everyone should listen to from the New York Times called Down the Rabbit Hole. Has, have you guys okay. listened to this? It is I've so heard good. Of it. It's all about artificial intelligence in like as it's happening in the world right now, sure. and uh, the t- like. It Do you think ends- William Shatner has like a specific <laughs> sperm bag that is earmarked for down the rabbit hole? <laughs> That's the horse I would bet my life savings on. By the way, <laughs> down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they were talking about the fact that, like, you know, PewDiePie, who is, you know, the, the biggest YouTuber in the world, um, mm-hmm. or at least he used to be, I don't know. I haven't checked the stats recently. But he has, totally you cool. know, so however many millions of followers that, and that took 10 years for him to get whatever it is, like 100 million followers or something, that the biggest user on TikTok in just one year has gone to 26 million followers. 
and that's just oh. one year. So now, oh, wow. the like the level of celebrity and power has just been compressed in time. So it used to take like ten years for you to be this huge, but now the algorithm that TikTok works on is just so much more laser focused on like hmm. feeding people this thing. It's crazy. I haven't downloaded it yet. Anyway. To get back to the very fun thing that they're doing is they're yes. getting fully dressed up as grandmas. Like the one video is this girl putting like a a, a old granny mask from Halloween on. I love it. But I then putting a mask over it and then like a big wrap over her head and putting on uh, a protective visor as well. And when she's in her getup, she just totally looks 100% legit like an old lady. Uh, and then, of course, buying like what looks like almost to be some sort of four loco, some sort of like, <laughs> yeah, of course, like eight, eight <laughs> cans so of alcoholic four loco or something. And then, of course, they all end the video like twerking. So it's like an old lady coming out and then buying like a bottle of wine and yep. then they just twerk. <laughs> Is, just like Nana that- used to do. Wait, like who? Like Nana. Just like Nana. <laughs> like my Mima. Like what I was going to say, do you remember those commercials for the Mega Millions or Lottery or Powerball or something? And it was, or Six Flags. Boy, I wish I hadn't started this story. Um, it was an old guy yeah. dancing. It was Six Flags. Yes. I hate Six that Flags. man so much. Yes. Oh, I but hate I the like song, I guess, really. There was a I bet s- that was a female professional dancer underneath there. Uh, based on the old guy, the old Six Flags guys, I bet that was a oh. professional lady I, dancer. I, I think it totally 100% was. Uh, but also that reminds me of this. Uh, I don't oh know, Allison, if you ever lived in New York City. I mm. did. Okay. Cool. So, Scotty, you'll and remember this time. Woo! Pro- Probably around 2007 when we were all kind of like, you know, you know, just struggling in comedy and stuff. Brett Gelman yep. booked this commercial. Yes. Uh, Brett Gelman, you might know him from Stranger Things, uh, from, uh, from Fleabag, from Fleabag. Uh, old friend. Uh, we came up in comedy together, and he booked this c- thing that we were all so jealous of when he booked yes. it. Yes. It was a national campaign for the lotto, and it was called Little Bit of Luck. Yes. And he was, do you remember Little Bit of Luck? I can't believe it, that was all the way back in 2007. It, it, it might have been earlier than that, but it was like Brett Gelman shrunk down to like a foot and a half, <laughs> and he was just like, hey, I'm Little Bit of Luck. <laughs> and it was fucking everywhere for like two years, and I'm sure he made a ton of money but no one would let him forget that he was little bit of luck because he's like in like these dirty bar basements doing like this radical alt comedy and then everybody yes. would be like little bit of luck <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, that was crazy it was like a weird elliot gould sort of like but like a dwarf a dwarf uh, elliot was, gould yeah yeah and he nailed it. I think it was on all the subways. Hey, get in when you can. It's hard. Get in anywhere you can. <laughs> Look, if, if you have a bad job, you will be on an Emmy Award winning show. Someday. I think this is great. I think anybody who's clever enough and dedicated enough yes. to put on the makeup, put on the mask, take advantage of that situation and go and buy some, you know, second uh, 2.0 version for locos. Have a drink. <laughs> I think it's excellent. I that, think they that totally to me shows. It. Yeah, exactly. That's not just like they're running in, stealing alcohol and running out. Like this is, they had a plan. They had a vision for the future. 
and they want to drink a little bit of that sweet, sweet nectar. And I fully support uh, young people dressing like grandmas and going and buying beer. Well, see, what you keep hearing about TikTok or what I keep hearing is like the young people are so creative. It'll really make you feel good about the youth of today because they're just so creative. And I feel like this actually speaks to that. Oh, yeah, it does. It does. I, in fact, I just tweeted like I'm very proud of the youths. <laughs> but awesome. also, I still and sorry to be a stickler. I still feel like whoever's selling them the alcohol is shirking their duty because they're supposed to check your ID like no matter what. Yeah, really? Even like a lady who looks like she's 90 years old, you would check her ID. I would. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> yes, you got to play would. by the rules. Because <laughs> guys, do not try to buy alcohol off of Allison Rose. Don't Rosen. do it. Yes, when she opens her home bar because the world collapses. <laughs> Be careful at that public house where it's like, could I just have a glass of wine? Get the H out of here. <laughs> Did you have a fake ID when you were growing uh, up? Did you? Yes, I did. Um, I had so. There was someone at my college who made fake college IDs, which is what you had to show to drink at college parties. Yes, exactly. So I had one of those. Uh, and then I remember someone who looked only very vaguely like me gave me her fake ID, which I never used, though, because I just was too concerned that it wasn't going to work. Um, yes. And then I remember she... <clears throat> wrote to me this was like way back when because i think she sent me a letter or something it was like could i get that back and i sent it back to her so i I never (laughs) used that but i did use the fake college id what about you guys scotty has the best story go ahead so i have mine i'm gonna show you don't say the name but this was my actual fake id (laughs) Uh, you've got to be kidding is it a real id it's a hundred percent real okay so i'm gonna tell you so I was uh, 16 years old. I was uh, fishing in Patapsico State Park, and I stepped on a wallet. I didn't find a dead body underneath, thank God. Uh, But I opened the wallet hoping there'd be cash, and there was no cash. Uh, And I found this ID. So I kept it in my pocket, and about three months later, I was with two friends. Again, I might have been 15, actually. And... We were at a place called like Red Rock Cantina or something. It's like a chain brewery thing. And the waitress comes over and she's like, what can I get you guys? And I looked 12. I mean, I didn't even look. I didn't look 18. I didn't look 16. And I said, uh, a bush light. And she goes, I'm going to need to see some ID. So I pulled this ID out <laughs> and she looked at it and she started laughing. She goes, okay, honey, whatever you want. And brought me a beer. <laughs> so, <clears throat> and... Only one. I didn't like, but my friends were like, like red. They were like scared to death we were going to get arrested. You know, like when you're a kid, you don't yeah. understand things, and you're like, mm-hmm. "This is it. They're going to lock me up." Um, so I'll just for the. Uh, I'm not going to put this online. I'm almost 100 percent certain this gentleman is dead. I'm not going to say his name, but he is an African American gentleman. Uh, he is five eight, two hundred and ten pounds. He was born um, in 1927. <laughs> Uh, this, <laughs> and I use this, I still have it. It was never taken from me. I use this, uh, from 15 or 16 till I turned 21. And I would say wow. it worked maybe 80% of the time wow. because people would look at it I, in Pensacola. When I lived there, this guy took it and he goes, are you fucking serious? I go, yeah. He goes, 
that's hilarious. Come in here. And I just started drinking. Most people were like, you're so ballsy for using a 5'8 African-American gentleman who at the time was 72. (laughs) Um, And it worked. And it never stopped working. And I kept it because I was like... This is going in the Hall of Fame. It was the best decision I ever made I'm to so not try to be sneaky. Yeah, I found it recently, and I was like, you know what? I, uh, when you make fake ones, and or it's like a friend that kind of looks like you or a family member that kind of looks like you, it's like so risky, but this didn't feel risky at all. It felt like everybody was involved, and they were like, if they said yes, it was like all I need to do is look at something, and sure, you can be... You can be this gentleman for a day. Also, my mom hates that I still have this. I think my mom thinks that I'm going to get sent to Alcatraz because I still have this. Oh, I (laughs) I love that, too. I think he was in, like, World War II, right? Was it? Is he a veteran as well? He easily could have been. He He also must have loved fishing. Also, he might have drowned in that river that day, and I just didn't look hard enough. But he got me in (laughs) bars, guys. Let's focus. It was so funny. I mean, that woman's face when she's looking at, like, a toddler being like, can I have a bush light? What a... What a weird order. I know, and she brought kid. it to me. Didn't even enjoy it. Didn't even like beer. You know who? But it was uh, rest in peace. He's a good man. Give me one, have Scotty. We, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Allison. I just want to. Have we all been doing it really wrong with the like? Yes. Like this is sort of the like. If you're going to lie, make it really bold. Yeah. Yes. Swing for the fences. That's what these these young people dressing as grandmas. It's a great idea. Like go so far. The cops, especially if this is in New York, they would be like, we got bigger fish to fry. Keep walking. Yeah. Yeah. With your cane. Um, (laughs) I do have one, and it kind of ties into all this, weirdly. Here's the headline. This is from the Miami Herald written by Gwen Filosa. We love Gwen Filosa. Fight over fart leads to blows at Sloppy Joe's. (laughs) So... I already love this more than anything because I am a huge fan of immature fart and poop humor. And I have two sons. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. And they both now think toots are really funny. So Toots rule. Yeah. Yeah. My nephews think toots rule, too. Okay. So this was sent in by Matthew uh, Vichlock. Thank you, Matthew. Fart, uh, fight over fart leads to blows at Sloppy Joe's. Florida. America skin tag. I wrote that. Uh, in a bar fight in Key West, in one of Key West's uh, most famous bars, uh, it's called Sloppy Joe's. It's like the Hemingway Bar where I don't know if you guys have ever been down there. They do a Hemingway lookalike contest every year. Apparently, Sloppy Joe's was Hemingway's favorite bar. It's a bar. And this is where um, Sloppy Joe's was originated, right? I. I don't know that. Is that true? Oh, I thought that that was the case. So maybe not. I mean, it does seem like a real weird place, like 95 degree heat and just eating a <laughs> sloppy Joe. It seems the most disgusting thing I to do. I just want hot, messy meat. <laughs> sounds refreshing. Run down my forearms. <laughs> like so the bar f- had. <laughs> yeah, he probably did. Um, man, Fight over fart. It's so good. So the uh, Key West's most, uh, most famous watering holes, it wasn't a spilled drink or a sleazy advance from someone's wife, weird, uh, that led to blows. <laughs> well, yeah, weird. Uh, a fight broke out between two couples this week when someone um, who remain identified, unidentified, allegedly broke wind inside Sloppy Joe's on 201 Duval Street. Quote, the argument was due to someone's farting, police were told. <laughs> By a man who went to the hospital for a dislocated shoulder after the scrap. 
Uh, Richard McBride and his girlfriend Sandra Stoner, great names, uh, both from Naples, said they were caught up in a physical altercation after the argument arose, quote, uh, over a fart. The couple said they were drinking with friends at a bar when Stoner traded words with an unidentified woman before getting out of her seat and confronting her in a, quote, uh, an aggressive manner. So basically... So she uh, was the farter? Uh, nobody knows who the farter was. This is a, a clandestine farter, oh. uh, assassin. But everybody gets in each other's face. An identified man uh, tried to pull them away, uh, pull the <laughs> woman away, and then just a full-on bar brawl ensues. Um, people, yeah, people got punched, people got thrown, somebody got a dislocated shoulder. But yeah, it was a bar fart, and I, I have friends <laughs> that were in a band called Bar Fart for a while, and I know somebody whose Twitter handle was Bar Fart because they say it's the best place to get away with one. So apparently, hold them in at Sloppy Joe's. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm wondering. You're at Sloppy Joe's. It's a bar. It's loud. How? I mean, I guess someone smelled it, but that person oh, also. Yeah maybe dealt it i don't know i mean yeah, it, could be, it could have been an aggressive fart it could have been a walk over and oh. fart on them sort of situation i mean it feels like that's the only way a fight starts from a or fart, a right? woman's sleazy advance according to um your favorite writer whose name <laughs> oh, i forget a woman's sleazy advance that is such a weird gwen way Filosa. You know Gwen. how everybody knows that fights start over women's sleazy advances. It's what <laughs> That's a weird. Right. This guy lives in a weird place. Well, he does. He lives in Key West. Oftentimes, before my husband and I go out, he pulls me aside and he says, "Now, don't be making any sleazy advances. I don't want to get a dislocated shoulder. And also, you keep your farts in your butt." He says that. I remember it's, that I was once in. I was in London doing shows with mm-hmm. Eugene Merman, and we were going to... Because, you know, like in London, everybody likes to drink, start drinking at like 5 p.m., and then all the bars close at like 11, and everyone's yeah. blackout wasted by like 10 p.m. It's a very weird culture. Uh, or 3 p.m. I mean, they get started early. They're they out in the streets early. in their Burberry suits. And yeah. then like 8.30 p.m., everyone's just vomiting in the streets. Uh, and then, like when we when we would come from New York and being used to like being able to be at a bar and, until four, then all of a sudden, like ten thirty, it's like last call. It's like what? So there was this after bar called the Phoenix, and it was like run okay. by a guy who used to like uh, perform on the West End, and he was very flamboyant and fantastic. And that place would be open to like one or two, so we were trying to Love get it. into there, but you could only go in if you were like recognized as like a performer of the theater, right? Um, mm. And so we would always, as comedians, just try and like fake it, you know, just be like, because we're like kind, we're kind of performers of the theater, but not really of the theater. Um, And sometimes we would get in and sometimes we wouldn't. But we were going there and it started raining because it's London. And Eugene fell backwards on the stairs and dislocated his shoulder. And then, and it was like, he just like had caught himself. It was the weirdest thing, dislocated his shoulder. And then as we're on the street, We've all seen Lethal Weapon, right? Where he dislocates his shoulder and, and then he pops just goes, it back in. Ah! Like smashes yeah. it against a, a door frame and pops it back in. And so, yes. with that level of knowledge and being quite drunk myself, I was like, I can fix this, Eugene. Oh, Kurt. <laughs> oh, and, Kurt. And he's like, Really? Can you? And, and I was just. <laughs> I was just in that mode of like hyper confidence and calm and collected like I was a fucking doctor. I did not mention to him that I was just planning on doing the thing that I had seen in <laughs> in, in, Lethal Weapon. in Lethal Weapon. 
And then I realized that I didn't want to hit him. So instead, I just tried to hug his shoulder back (laughs) into place by like grabbing him and pressing him to me, which for anyone who's ever had a dislocated shoulder is the absolute worst thing you could do. So I was essentially pressing the arm out of the shoulder. And he almost passed out, and then we had to uh, go to the emergency room where they immediately gave him morphine uh, to put his arm back in. Good and friend. They t- and he told the people that that's what I tried to do, and it was like, you, you, shouldn't, you should not be friends with this person. <laughs> yeah. I feel very lucky I've never dislocated anything. Have you got, like, Good. What does it feel like? Oh, I have no idea. I don't want to know. I do not want to know. I bet it feels bad. <laughs> that's... Now, that's my hunch, too. That is yeah. my hunch as well. You don't normally hear people speaking positively about it, except, you know, those people who their novelty trick is they're double jointed. Isn't that just dis- like popping something out of socket? I don't know. I have that no idea. That was such a thing. I don't think for a shoulder, but that was such a thing in like yeah. middle school. Yes. It was like, if you could do that, you were kind of the shaman of middle school. <laughs> You know, you were yeah. fascinating and magical and a little yeah. upsetting and a little like, I don't know if I trust you. Also, if you could gleek. Mm-hmm. Gleeking. Yeah, it was really, it's interesting what we aspired to back then. For people <laughs> who didn't time. grow up on the East Coast in the uh, 80s and 90s. But Allison's from Oakland. She, she Are you not Oakland? Oh, well, yeah. No, I was born in Oakland. I like to allow people to think I'm from Oakland because it's so it's so much cooler than growing up in Orange County, California, which is where West I grew Coast. Up. Also, Gleeking was in, Gleeking was on the West Coast too. Gleeking I, was global. That was shit Gleeking got everywhere. Global? I don't know. Gleeking was global. I could that, never do it. I was <laughs> gonna. Have to, I was gonna explain it to people, please. but now I'm assuming explain everybody it. knows what it no, is. Explain step it. by okay. step. It is, you take your tongue and you just tap the roof of your mouth in such a way that you squirt, spit out, like using Both the sides. grooves on the, on, the, on the roof of your mouth so that it squirts out of your mouth in a kind of a powerful stream. It is it's the, gorgeous. It is the squirting of mouths. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's mysterious. People don't really know exactly how it works because no yes. one's investigated it. Mm-mm. It's silent. So like kids would do it at lunch and then you would just get wet and then you were like looking around and be like, who gleeked? Who gleeked on me? <laughs> I you thought it was shooting fr- out from under the tongue. I used to be able yeah. to do it a little bit. You thought it was under the tongue. Maybe I was always yeah, doing but it wrong. I've never done it. So you were just spitting on people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I tried to gleek. (laughs) Might as well. Oh man. That's so funny. Gleeking is universal apparently, but that was, yeah. But the double jointed thing where somebody would put their hand down on the side of your desk and then turn their elbow towards you or back. And it was, and you were like, yeah, that kid didn't get messed with. Shaman is the exact perfect word. There was something mystical about those yes. people where you're like, it's just not worth fighting them. Let's exactly. just let them let's just let them bend in weird ways that is useless for life, I guess. It's so interesting because now I don't feel like anyone you know among our age group is like wishing they could gleek or turn their yeah. body inside out, turn their we eyelids suck. inside out. Oh good one. Yeah. We suck. Yeah. I know it's it is too bad. I don't ex- I don't look forward to when my daughter is in middle school though, because uh, it's going to bring back all those memories of 
I recently on my show expressed a desire to be able to do cool shuffling. Like, you know, when people are like, like they accordion the cards and all that stuff. For me, that's my gleeking. Like I've always thought, how cool would that be to be able to do that? And the other people on my show let me know it's not, it would not be cool at all unless we happen to be playing cards. But otherwise, it's not cool at all. (laughs) And that if I happen to do it... They would then, behind my back, need to be like, okay, I have to tell you about a really weird thing that just happened with Allison. Like, what's going on with her? She's losing her shit. You're talking about yes, that's what they would think. If, you're, if everybody's just chatting and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, guys, and you just pull out a deck of cards and start going, brrr, brrr, yeah. like while, uh, during a conversation, you mean? You must. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think I would say, oh, hey, guys. I think there would be no there would be no explanation for why there's cards in my hand, why I'm like cutting them with one hand, why I'm doing like a I think it's called a ribbon spread. And mm. I get you wanna... that it suggests to people that we're about to play cards. But really, it's just I've got, you know, I, I like to fidget. That's not true. But maybe they think that I like to fidget and uh, I do cool shit with my hands. And one of the things I do is I I shuffle this way <laughs> i think it's cool you know, i think like you should do it Kel- oh sorry go ahead no i'm with you i'm just saying you should do this i think i think it's i think being really good at like manipulating like not being a magician but just mm-hmm. being like somebody that's like oh here let's do this one everybody's gonna feel like you're about to kick their ass in whatever card game you're about to play so it puts you at this cool like high status and two it's like you gotta do something you got two yeah. hands that's do right it. I remember I was at a comedy festival once, and uh, there was a female comedian who I thought was very cute, and uh, I went, she was trying to open a beer bottle, and I was like, do you want, because there was no openers backstage, and I was like, do you want me to open that for you? And she was like, oh, can you? And I was like, yeah, of course, and I was playing it so cool, and then I looked around, and there really was no, like, 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 a ledge to pop it on, except for... Oh, it boy. was the you know like the 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 lever that you close to then put a padlock on so it's like okay. a piece of metal that's then drilled into a door of a filing cabinet mm-hmm. mm. and so I I'm grab visualizing it, it right now mm. and I put it on that edge and then I pop it and it does work the beer opens clean and everything but then I knock the whole thing <laughs> over <laughs> Oh man! And then I had, and we're backstage too, and like a show is going on, so there's like a big crash, and then I just, and then I don't react, and then I, and I did not intend for that to happen. Then I just hand it to her, and then she's like, "That is at the same time the coolest thing I've ever seen, and the fucking dumbest thing I've ever seen, and I don't think anyone has ever accomplished to do two things like that at the same time." And then did you go home with her? Did it work? Uh, we did hang out that night. But we know no hookups or anything like that. It was just a just a uh, just talking about doors and beers. That's a Kurt thing. He does that <laughs> as my hetero life partner. We're talking doors. <laughs> we're talking beers. <laughs> Curdy B, you got another one for us, bud? Yeah, this is uh, as my this this feeds right into my favorite thing, my favorite type of weird news stories, and kind of my favorite topic in the world. Okay. Uh, this is beers from, and door handles. This was sent to us by. <laughs> <laughs> this was sent to by uh, in by many many Canadians, and I appreciate all of you. This is from the CBC uh, mm-hmm. by Tamara Belusia. Thank you, Tamara. We love you. Great name. Canuck the Crow gets international notoriety for stealing knife from crime scene. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah. 
So here's what happened. Uh, oh on May 24th, police had called to the scene of a car engulfed in flames. When they arrived, police said they were confronted by a man with a knife. Shots were fired. The man was arrested. Uh, Vancouver Courier reported mm-hmm. Mike Howell said he saw the bird, which had a red tag on its leg, as does Canuck, who I guess is a famous bird. Okay. Swoop in and pick up an object from inside an area cordoned <laughs> off by police tape. And then a cop started chasing it for 20 feet, and then the crow dropped it and took off. But there is a photograph of the bird holding a knife in its mouth. <laughs> and it's from the CBC British Columbia, CBC News, uh, CBC News, BC, British Columbia. Did Canuck the crow swoop off with a knife from a Vancouver crime scene? And this is also what's interesting is that Canuck the Crow is an already famous bird. Like, for what? Because if Thank it's for you. anything other than stealing knives from crime scenes, yeah. lightning has really struck twice. Guys, I, I feel like I failed you in the fact that I don't know if Canuck was formerly famous. That's uh, okay. But Let's they, guess he, at what it, what it could be. I feel like he yeah. is famous because I feel like a lot of people sent this in before he stole the knife. People were like, there's this famous crow, Canuck the Crow, in, in Canada. Um, but that's amazing that he also then gets doubly famous. Canuck the Crow was accused of swooping off with a knife from a crime scene. Yeah, it says they Vancouver's did, most does it infamous say that they bird were... has now achieved worldwide notoriety. He's already oh, infamous. He's infamous. I'm, okay. We're going to get so many Canadians yelling at Maybe us. Maybe he about. murdered someone previously. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Because With people use notoriety now to just mean this person has become known. And I know that I've looked it up and like it now can mean just publicity, but it's supposed to have a negative connotation. So if, if right. he was already a notorious crow, I think it's violence. Right. Crows Island. are smart, by the way. Crows are like problem solvers. They communicate in a bunch of different ways. They're very... Crows are brighter than... I think he's a mastermind. I think well, you're right. I think he's a criminal mastermind. So if you yes. wrong a crow, you're screwed. Not only yeah, can they the, remember faces, they can then communicate to other crows who you are so that other crows will dislike you if they don't like you, which is crazy. Maybe Canuck, maybe Canuck was running an MLM, okay? Maybe oh. Canuck mm-hmm. was like a part, like he's, the, he's that guy behind the curtain. He's, he's the Wizard of Oz. Canuck's up there. He's, people are selling each other protein shakes that don't work. They got knockoff Lululemons coming their way that are going to make their lives better. And then they, you know, the, the CBI, whatever the Canadian Bureau of Investigation is, they keep going up this pyramid. They keep going up the ladder to get to the top dog. It's not a dog. It's Canuck, <laughs> the crow. He's Canuck. a genius. He's hiding evidence. He's hiding evidence. That's the best part about him. Um, and also, I, last time Crows came up on the podcast, I talked about this girl who I thought lived in upstate New York. She does not. She lives in, uh, in Seattle. And all like this group okay. of Crows brings her presence every single day. And I That's will so post cool. a photograph. Uh, this, is, this is from BBC News. The title is The Girl Who Gets Gifts from Birds by Caddy Seawall. Uh, she has hundreds of these beautiful pieces of jewelry Mm -hmm. and just random metal parts, bones, uh, Mm. seashells. Uh, She has like one, 
she has a one is a rusty screw and that's one there of her go. favorite ones and she, and they're like why do you like this rusty screw so much and she's like oh well have you ever seen a crow flying around with a screw in its mouth mm-hmm. uh and so yes they she feeds the crows every day the crows look out for her and her mom was taking photographs of her like in downtown seattle so far away from their house and uh, lost her lens cap to her Canon, like her, her camera. Yes. And the next day, a crow dropped it off in front Impossible. of the house. Wow. And That's like, not they, a want, they went, looked it up on the security camera. It was a, cam- a crow brought it, washed <clears throat> it off with water, and then like left it for them. And they're convinced that they like the crows, like, because that the crows follow them and the crows saw her drop it and then picked it up and immediately brought it back, which is super crazy. And does she know how she got this crow protection detail? Yeah. So she was a little, when she was a little girl, like three, she would ha- have her lunch and she was br- going to daycare with and she would throw some of it out to the crows. And then her mom kind of just encouraged her having a relationship with wild animals. And so then they would just like every day put out a bunch of peanuts. Apparently peanuts sh- in the shell is what you want Drives to feed gaga. crows. Oh, they love um, it. And they love it. And then they hear the, like the peanut shaking around in it when it hits the ground so they come flying and then after a while all these crows just started bringing her little gifts and now she has this entire adorable little like tackle box when each gift is in its own like special container it's pretty beautiful that i is don't cool. want to be a uh, too negative here but yeah. i feel like the use, <laughs> the use of the term gifts is a little bit of a stretch like they're not right. bringing her like lip gloss and cash or i don't know what whatever you know <laughs> things for her kitchen they're bringing her crow shit like yeah. here's a rock here's From a, piece a of trash we found yeah but here's you know a dead here's, mouse here is something they did uh bring her one time it was a tiny piece of metal with the word best printed on it and okay. quote from her, I don't know if they still have the part that says, friend, Gabby laughs, mm. amused by the thought of a crow wearing a matching necklace. So they did bring her a best friend, like broken heart. That is luck. <laughs> They're so intelligent. They're the dolphins uh, of the I sky. Mean, maybe they knew. The that dolphins I... of the sky. <laughs> They're the dolphins <laughs> of the sky. Uh, I had a buddy that wanted a falcon to bring his uh, uh, wife's wedding ring to the altar at his wedding in Virginia, my buddy Brendan. So he reaches out to all these guys. The wedding was in Virginia, and he reaches out to all these falconers, and he's like, I want to learn how to have a... He's like, basically, at the altar, at my wedding, it's outside. I want to have a leather glove on. I want to summon a falcon who has the... A ring on its talon, Such a and then it's going to land on my arm, and nobody responds, right? And then this one falconer is like, this is possible, but <laughs> falconry is no joke. He's like, this is 365 days a year you have to work. He basically said, if you really want to do this, it's going to take you four months of every single day learning and getting the trust of this falcon, and then we can talk about it. And ultimately, the commitment was too great. The commitment was too great to have a falcon swoop in and drop off a ring, so he bailed on it. But yeah, it would have been, you know, train your birds. They can hide your evidence. They can bring you gifts. They can drop off your wedding ring if you have the dedication and you're not afraid of commitment. Do you think he wanted the Falcon to bring the ring for his sake or for her sake? For the, I think he was doing it for us. I think he was doing it for the wedding. I, it would have been such a miracle 
Oh, gosh. It, it was like a destination-y wedding. And th- in future episodes, I have probably 10 very fascinating stories and moments from one night that just devolved when a thunderstorm hit. And <laughs> maybe we'll wait. Maybe we'll wait till it, when all this nightmare ends and we can go back on the road. I could just talk about this one wedding that didn't have a falcon, but there were some... It was incredible. It was an incredible night. Um, Scotty, do you want to just give us the title of our last one and we'll leave everyone hanging because we're running out of time? Sure. We'll do a real quickie and I'll just tee you two up for you know final thoughts. What I'm going to ask you to do is think about the food you crave the most when you drink. Allison, I don't know if you're a drinker, but if you've had a few too many, the food that comes to mind. I so, am not a... Oh, you're not. You're not even. I'm no, not even drinking no, no, anymore. No. But I because I've definitely had a few too many back in the day. So you know what? You know where you would end up. So yes. here's a story that was sent. Uh, no, I found this ding dong story. Uh, it's by Cliff Pingchard from uh, Cleveland.com. If you're not looking at Cleveland.com, you're everybody. Drunken man forces way behind Akron subway counter, makes his own sandwich. So this 44 year old dude gets mega drunk. Barges into a subway, uh, and then he go- he goes behind the counter, makes his own beautiful subway sandwich. Workers told the cops that he was being belligerent, demanded they make him a meal. They refused, so he begins damaging the plexiglass between him and them. Then walks around the back, makes his giant sandwich, and when the cops finally come, they find him with a bottle of vodka in one hand and a block of subway cheese in his pocket. <laughs> 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 one for the road, the Lido Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> What was your go-to, Allison? What was your go-to late night or early morning drunk food? Like omelets or something like that, because I would Ooh. end up in a diner. Ooh, and I one. could see breaking back there and 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 helping myself to the liquid eggs with a little ladle. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Kurt, uh, my recently, uh, not like my drunk food, but if I've had like if I had like one too many, I'm like, oh, I'm a little too drunk to go to bed. I. Uh, I like to have some food in my stomach. I will make, it's disgusting, uh, peanut butter and plantain mm-hmm. chip sandwich. And oh, it is. That's disgusting. So good. It is. Like, like they're that. like salty. Like uh, It's like almost a uh, uh, vinegar, salt and vinegar uh, plantain chips just right into the peanut butter on a big old piece of bread. Mm, sounds mm, delicious. Mm. That sounds like great drunk food. Send Ooh. us your drunk food, Bananimals. We love to hear from you. Yeah. And Allison, uh, anything you want to plug before we go? Uh, please listen to my podcast. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Comes out Monday and Thursday. Uh, and then Childish is my parenting-ish podcast. And that comes yes. out on Wednesdays. I do that with Greg Fitzsimmons. Uh, and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. And I listen to Childish, and as somebody without kids, you guys actually talk about a lot of wild things, too. You guys talk about sex and fun times, and so I was able to completely relate. I highly recommend the Childish Thank podcast. you. Yeah, we have a lot of listeners who don't have kids. Sometimes I wonder if we have more who don't have kids. We <laughs> want it both ways. <laughs> Go get it both ways at Childish. <laughs> Thank you, <Allison. laughs> Thank you. Thank you, producer Katie. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Karen and Georgia. <sighs> Bananas. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. 
And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas.